Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. G'day dreamers. What an amazing week we've had listening to the most awesome Phil DeBella from DeBella Coffee. Now, Sarah, I've been drinking DeBella coffee for so long, especially out of my mate Dan Pappas's coffee shop. And Krista Pappas have this coffee shop that stocked DeBella coffee. Then he went on to become this tycoon because he actually mentored our friend Dan to roast his own brew, which is pretty cool. And he helped him through that. And then we were just recently in New York at Abbotsford Road drinking his coffee. And you thought it was an Aussie thing, but we re- we discovered that the best coffee in New York City is Aussie. If you go to the top 20 best cafes and coffee in New York City, so many Australian cafes feature and Abbotsford Road is right on there. Whoop, whoop. So off we went, drank it up. And I really believe that Phil DeBella transcends this whole idea of the small business into a global impact. And I Just love this vision of him working as a barista in his wife's family's cafe. And then he went on to become one of the largest roasteries in Australia. And he's even making impacts in India, New York City, as mentioned, and China. So it's like, So it's like an Aussie boy gone global and he's kicking goals left, right and center. He's combining coffee and food, even in the restaurant space as well. And it started... Out of a coffee van in little old Brisbane, New Farm, Tenerife area. And what was really cool was that he's always, and you're going to talk more about this, Sarah, but he's always been focused on what the customer thinks about the coffee. So him and his wife would stand there near their coffee van, not just serve coffee, but he would question them and Mm. ask them what it is they loved about coffee or not. 
And he said people in Australia really didn't understand coffee for a long time. He was ahead of his time. Mm. Most of our entrepreneurs are ahead of their time. I like to think Kerry and I were ahead of our time in volleyball too. <laughs> he was ahead of his time. He was really getting to know the market and understanding what a great cup of coffee tasted like, but not for him, for his customers. And this is, so for me in this interview with Phil, he really empowered me specifically. And I think he can empower all of you because the psychology of people is at the center of making a global impact. That's what I got. He basically at each and every step is emotionally engaged with the customer, listening, watching, and learning. And why I was empowered by that is because we all can do that. You know, obviously he has some other skills, but his greatest skill was that capacity to listen, watch, observe, and then put it into action. And, you know, he continuously during the interview talked about what problem is there to solve, you know, and for him, he recognized that he wanted to solve this problem of the cafe actually making money because in Brisbane, in particular at that time, they weren't. And so he said, well, this is a problem and I want to solve it. So he really um, took that on. And I, what I love about the fact that he wanted to help the cafe owner is initially when he started speaking, I thought that his customer was the drinker of the coffee, but it wasn't his only customer. His other customer was the cafe owner. And so being able to distinguish who your customer is, is a really integral part of being able to deliver on or emotionally engaged with the customer, meaning if you don't even know who they are, then how are you going to, um, you know, answer the call, you know, be able to solve the problem He thought it was pretty cool knowing that he had two customers. That was pretty tricky. It wasn't just <laughs> the customer drinking the coffee. The cafe owner was his customer. And if he could empower, uplift, and have the custom, uh, the cafe owner make some profit, profit <laughs> then he was always going to have coffee drinkers. You know, when he talked about the difference in starting a cafe um, and doing coffee in New York, he really had this distinction about how you have to acknowledge, listen, hear for the people of that country, meaning it's a different culture. And he talked about, you know, Americans wanting to clear their own table. Okay, got that. Instead of trying to resist it and go, well, in Australia, they don't do that. No, like what's the point of that? Why would you try to come in and resist what is rather than learn and listen? Again, all about people. And one of the things he said that struck me was that he hires on attitude and teaches the skill. One of my great friends from college, um, she has an amazing job for a financial institution. And one of the things she did after college was she traveled or sailed around the world on a sailboat and she played volleyball with me. So she had a really vast background. She has like a one handicap in golf. Um, she's an amazing person. And when she went into that interview, they said, we're hiring you because you sailed around the world because you know how to work on a team and because you have the calmness and the capacity to have a one handicap in golf we can teach you the financial distinctions. Whoa! Go Anouk! Go Anouk! Call out. I'm going to have to tell her to listen to this. But I was like, yes! Boom! And of course she's been amazing. Of course she's been there for 
over 10 years, I think maybe it's 15 years now, she even met her, her, well, it's not her hubby, but almost hubby, basically her hubby there. I mean, her whole life, um, because she was the kind of person who lived life to its fullest. So to me, hiring on attitude, teaching skill is one thing, but from my little example, I hope you got that you have a skill set no matter what you've done in your life, but do you have the capacity to express it? So there are things that you've done in your life that were, are, can serve someone, but many people don't recognize it and can't verbalize it, therefore can't share it in an interview. So yes, kudos to my friend Anouk, um, but it's really about success knowing that you hire an attitude and teach the skill. And Phil also talked about making sure his team, his tribe, his people were as involved and invested in the business so they didn't go off and do their own business, right? Because often businesses complain they lose their best people. So part of it is Phil made them all feel like family. He made them um, feel a big, big part of the business, which is awesome. So in case you haven't picked it up, we think Phil's pretty cool. He, uh, I've been reading a book by Alan Bonzel called Entrepreneurial Intelligence, and it's inspired by the philosophies of the coffee entrepreneur Philip DeBella, right? So I have this book. I've got highlights and dog ears and everything through it. Very early on, they talk about um, Phil's three uh, – he doesn't have steps like us, three steps – but three characteristics that come together – in a center point that they talk about emotional intelligence, right? So vision, which he's big on, passion, and brand. And of course, Phil has created a brand around his name, the Bella Coffee. So when all of those combine, there's an emotional intelligence, which is expansive into entrepreneurial intelligence. And I just love the book, right? It's so cool. So if you want to get yourself a copy, um, if you remember back to Mark Living's interview, he said, focus begets effectiveness, effectiveness. right? And chapter six in this book is vision begets goals. Funny. Boom, right? In our Facebook community, um, you, you would, we've had a bit of a banter around vision versus goals, and there is a unique distinction around it, right? Goals are kind of the little steps along the way on this big vision. And Phil's vision is all around crop to cup. So the whole story from when it's picked in the crop all the way to the coffee drink coming to your lips in the cup, right? It's pretty awesome. But you have to read the book. You have to go through all that um, yourself because I'm not going to tell you everything. But if we go to the interview, um, the famous Sarah slash Oprah interviewing Phil, the big focus for me, which he actually talked about, and this, I want you to bring this into your own dream creation, right? Is we always talk about balance. Do you have life balance? Because you imagine entrepreneurs, and if you get really focused on your dream, you could sort of be, what's the word? Um, too intense, going for one goal, and then other parts of your life fall apart, right? So, Probably 10 years ago, people started talking about work-life balance. And if you actually look at the laws of the universe, you can never be in balance. And if you are, you're not there for very long, right? It's a tipping point of a seesaw. 
So you're always balancing. You're always in the act of balancing. And Phil had another distinction on top of that where he talked about harmony over balance, right? He had three areas of life that are pretty powerful to all of us. One is personal. One is professional. And the third one was family. And his belief is that you can't do all three at once at 100% effectively. He sort of in, um, intimated that you could do two out of three. And for him, he'd really focused on professional and family and let the personal go. Family is very important to Phil. He's Italian. You'll hear that in the interview. The Italians are very focused on family. We know. We've got two Italian godsons. <laughs> and we often go to their Italian gatherings. With all the food. With all the food. They make you eat lots of food. And if you eat a lot, they make you eat more. And then when it's taking photo time, it's just like, this is just an art. It's a production line of it photos. Is. They've taught us about photo taking, especially at birthday <laughs> time. So... Um, in the interview, you'll also pick up, and this is him, you wonder why we're talking about health and personal and weight in an entrepreneur series. Well, for Phil, he had let his personal uh, body health. health go out the window because he focused on his professional and his family. So in the last 12 months, he's lost over 72 kilos, and you have to listen to the interview to understand how all that happened and how he talks about that. The focus here, though, is in choosing harmony over balance. And the question he would always ask and anyone he mentors or coaches now, are you doing the best you can do at the time it's happening with the resources you've got? Okay? So if you want to look at your dream and where you are in the process, where you are in your three-step process or how far through your manifestation or reality catching up you are, are you doing the best you can do at the time it's happening with the resources you got? Okay, so this relates a little bit to our post-step, which is focus. Where are you turning your attention to? And clearly, Phil was not turning his attention to his health and his weight. But when he did this year... He got rid of 72 kilos, changed some habits, really focused on his personal side. And you mentioned this about, you know, Nat, about family and how he um, was focused on family for so many years. And that's something I really appreciated about the interview is how he spoke about how him and his wife complement each other. And he said, you know, that she's in the psychology space and you could really tell that his understanding of people, but what I got even more was his understanding of himself. So there was like a self-awareness because I could see that <clears throat> Phil in the early days was just do, 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 do without a lot of, um, he said it, you know, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just did it. And it sounds like his partnership with his wife really allowed him to reflect on how he was doing that. And why does this even matter? Well, what I got was now he mentors people, he speaks, he is now, you know, showing other people the way, how they can make a global impact. And if he didn't have any self-awareness or was able to define it into some steps or even write a book or, you know, be able to have a book written about him, I mean, 
he just wouldn't be able to transfer the knowledge. So I really got that him and his wife are a true team. That sounds a lot like pillow coaching. I Anyone know. else out there got a psychologist or a coach that in your relationship and it's time to go to bed, you lay your head down, you think you're going to turn off for the day and then pillow coach comes out. Jeez, I don't know if I went to school long enough for what I needed to do with you, Nat. I mean, Yeah, well, my you're God. still going. 20 Woof. years, but I had the best pillow coach going. Sarah would oh my God. retrain the brain. I have and- to say, Nat, that you are just an enigma, like the way Nat's brain works is what I love most, confuses me the most, intrigues me the most. You know, it's just amazing to watch how a mind, and this is what I think Phil does as well. He takes what 95% of people see one way and turns it another way, like almost literally turns it upside down. And Nat, you've reflected that a little bit in some of our episodes when you changed what was it? The word that you changed? The coach kept saying Focus on to suck, suck off. off. Yeah, backwards. And I was like, that's so nat to be like, while someone's yelling at her to perform a skill, she is like reversing the word in her mind so that she can swear back at the coach. I was like, of course, this is what Nat does. Reframe. Re. We took Chris last week. We talked about rewriting the narrative. So that's it. I literally rewrote the you, English language. No, you do. And it's like watching it happen is quite something and then I think sometimes I bring some of that consciousness to Nat I I sort of bring it into the light of day she gets to look over it again and the next thing you know she's on stage and she's talking about it like la 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 and I was like oh she's got it she's all over it so anyways I'll take my royalty rights later thank (laughs) you very much we just watched that movie come from um What's it called? Come from away. Come from away. The, the no. Show. What's that movie called? With a Star Is Born. A Star. Oh God, that wasn't even close to. No. And you know what? That's not even what I wanted to say. I want to talk about Colette because she wrote the book under the name of her husband, and she's famous from the 1800s for doing this. And the book basically was a phenomena in Europe, and um, yeah, and she wrote it under her husband's name, and so you know. Like I said, copyrights. And he got all the credit and then uh, that eventually went pear-shaped and she went off and wrote her own series and became really famous. Oh my God, what a great story. Okay, moving on. Okay, so one of, in the entrepreneurial space and we look at the business of it, this was great with what Phil talked about, that the greatness is in the detail. So for all of you detail people out there, know there's hope and in the detail, you all, this is great about Phil, that he also had the vision. He had the big picture vision as well mm-hmm. as the detail. So sometimes it's difficult to have both of those. And whether that came from his wife as well and that combination in the relationship. But this goes to our step number three now. So part of the detail is in mapping everything that you want to do. Right. So we've had the dream time. We've found something we want to do or create, or be, or grow, then we've gone into rewriting the narrative or creating the life story. We, Whilst we step through the map, which is step three, we're going to act as if, right? We heard from Kathy Coover about that. We're going to act as if whilst we have in this mapping phase, we're going to move through to achieve our dreams, right? So if we talk about mapping, um, Phil talks about after you've got the vision, creating the strategic plan. Now that's technical and detailed for every different area. So we don't work on that, right? 
because that's you in your industry and fulfill it's bringing the coffee experience to the customer or helping the cafe owner make more money he needs a strategic detailed plan around that and well one of the things he talks about too is like having the right people in the right seat on the bus so perhaps when some people might be saying well i don't know how to do a strategic plan perhaps that's being able to bring incur. someone in that's right. yeah so in 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 the whole if you look at the map it's like a treasure map Part of that is the strategic plan. And in building that plan, you have to have the right people on the right seat. This was a distinction. Not just get the people on the bus. Mm. There's specific seats for them. Mm, that's true. And you've talked about fear being in the bus, in the car before. I know, so but, yeah. That just permeates through all the seats and how you navigate that. But So you've got to have the team. All that says is a team. So when Kerry and I were going for our gold medal at the Olympics, we realized we needed to surround ourselves with a team, right? So, and interestingly enough, Phil talked about this too. He said, you know, some people say surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. And he actually said, why would you do that? Because if they were smarter than you, they'd be off doing it themselves, mm -hmm. right? So you just want the right complement of people, personality-wise, skill set-wise, um, that are going to help you achieve your dreams. So for, for Kerry and I, we, in our mapping process and our strategic plan to go for a gold medal, we realized we needed a coach, a volleyball technical coach. We needed a strength and conditioning coach, right? And he would work on our muscles and recovery and um, physicality. And then we needed a success coach that would work on our mind and our brain. And it was really the combination of all of those that was the reason we were so good. Because in the beginning, when we didn't have enough money and we didn't know the right people, we had one person trying to do all of that. Mm. And it really was very specific, different roles. We did make our strength and conditioning coach Phil go and wash our clothes, though. So, But have you ever heard, I don't know if it's a meme or something that I saw, but they took people in their jobs so for example imagine if Barack Obama was the linebacker for the Buffalo Bills so put him in a different seat how out of place would that skinny runt sorry Barack how you know that skinny runt be in that position or take Oprah and put her in um gosh what's another job against Serena playing God, tennis perfect <laughs> Sorry. Right, you imagine. There's something really funny about that visual, but Oprah. <laughs> Oprah would run. She'd try to talk her way out of it. But yeah, like Oprah. She'd write that, a check, but she didn't need the money. <laughs> or like. Yeah, um, out of place. Totally. Fish, fish and, out of water. But it's, it doesn't mean that Barack or Oprah or even the quarterback being put in the position of being the president. It's us. They both have skill sets just in the wrong seat. It's mm -hmm. not going to work. Yeah. Boom. That's key. Okay. So who's on your team for you to achieve this dream? Who have you gathered? And clearly you've gathered Sarah and I. Oh, so we're so lucky. We're part of your team. But then who else? What other sort of resources and people are you going to start to put together in your map? And then you might need a process of going out and find, you don't, maybe you don't even know who that is. Maybe you've got some attributes and characteristics because Phil talks about that too of the type of people you want, 
that is going to be fit for your purpose. And then you have to act as if and walk through life and see if they come into your vibration. And now I think this is a really good topic to sort of end the show with because, <coughs> excuse me, um, because a lot of people tend to want to, they're passionate, they have a vision, but they sort of get scared when it comes to other people, meaning they don't like asking for help. They don't necessarily feel confident enough to share their dream with other people. Therefore, they're all by themselves. They're like an island. So when you talk about this team stuff and this strategic plan and who's sitting on the seats in your bus, I think it might bring up some things for people. So that's why we created a community because the community is kind of your warm up. You know, we had some people sharing um, in the group some really personal stuff. And the best thing about it is that when we read somebody's new life story, do you realize that when you share that with somebody else, it now becomes part of us? Meaning you can't help, Nat, but read Bronwyn's story and hear about the art and the yoga and not think about, who do I know that has a yoga studio? And who do I know that, you know, like it just... I can't help myself, but when I know people's dreams, my mind just... You buy into them. Yeah, I just want to like help them. A, you want to help them. B, you want to be in the, their studio and you want to do yeah, what they're do creating. That's right. But this is a big thing. Most people that go through life don't want to share their goals and dreams with other people. Mm. And there's a key reason why they don't. I mean, clearly, if you ask yourself now, as you sit in your seat to listen to this, what would that be? giving you the silence, it's because the big question comes up, what if I don't achieve it? Am I going to get mocked or are people going to tease me or I'll feel like a failure and they will remind me? Now, if you listen to last week's episode with Chris Saad, he talks about failure being an option. An option. It's a reframe, right? This whole, this all stacks on top of each other. This is amazing. It all builds in and stacks on top. But if you share your dreams, visions, goals with others, you may just find someone that can help you or you'll find someone that knows someone that can help you. When you talk to people, you should always ask for help. You should always ask, hey, if you don't know what I'm talking about, do you know someone who might and can you connect with them? Networking, building a network as big and as large, far-reaching as you can will only help you to achieve your dreams. Because, like, do you know one person who's made a global impact alone, if you think about it? Like, mm -hmm. anybody? Like, no, no, not even Mother Teresa. It's like, it's her name, but she did not revolutionize poverty alone you know she even belonged to a you know a nunnery a community of other women who wanted to really shift the landscape of poverty so nobody nobody no well geez somebody might try to come and tell me yeah well let's find them let's bring them out of the woodwork yeah. this is about you sharing your goals with other people building a team around you that not only have characteristics, skill sets that can help you through that and just walking through one step at a time. Phil also uses the word resilience. Resilience is really important that you can bounce back from 
a failure or other people's comments and protect you and your space and your um, entrepreneurial spirit from those that don't want to get on your bus or those that throw things at your bus. Boom. <laughs> Not that I want, I want to give you the last word, but I have to, oh, sh- really? I have to shout out because to someone in this community who's really making an impact in Haiti, Jen Ride, love you. And I just love this new project you have for raising money for Bonaterra. Um, I think it's French how you say it, but Bonaterra in Haiti. And I just have noticed that you have accelerated the impact that you're making. And Jen and I worked together years ago when her dream of living at an orphanage and really making a difference in the lives of Haitian kids, like that was years ago she, she had that dream. And so we worked together. It's like, how could she have a strategic plan to make that happen? Because there's some logistics to it. So anyway, off Jen goes to realize her dream, making sure that she doesn't cost the orphanage any money and that she actually has something to give back. So fast forward all these years and the agricultural project that Jen has created with these kids, teaching them about growing their own food, what they've done, is just nothing short of incredible. And why I'm talking about Jen right now is because she didn't do it alone. You just see how many people are involved. And why her? Why am I talking about her? Because when we met, she was the lone wolf. She was petrified of asking people for help. She was like, how can, this is my dream. How can I ask other people to support me? And Jen, I just want to shout out to you over all these years, seeing your growth is just like a real, what's the word? Like honor. It is. It's an honor to watch you living it out. And she has a whole new project going right now. And I have to feel that you're going to the next level and these kids are going to be, you know, reaping the rewards. And just know that we feel good when you achieve your dream. That's why it doesn't have to be our dream. Like one of the things for Sarah Sarah felt like giving money wasn't enough. She felt like it was a bit hollow. She was giving Jen money so that Jen wouldn't cost the orphanage money. And then she said to Jen, oh, I needed to do more. And Jen's like, like Sarah wanted to go to Haiti. And Jen's like, no, 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 no. You stay there. The best thing you can do is provide the funds and let us do the work because that's our passion. She so- said, you can come and visit if you want, but let's be honest, Sarah. You're not best used mopping the floors here in the orphanage. You kind of suck at that. So if you really want to help us, use that big bad voice of yours to create change. And, you know, and that's... And gather supporters. So yeah. Thank you, Jen, for giving me She's that freedom. She just done it. She just used a big bad voice. We're gathering supporters. Talking about you, girl. We'll put it in there, Jen's project. So if you haven't listened to Phil DeBella, it's a must. And go back to the beginning the three-step process so that you too can work on your dreams. And if you haven't picked it up yet, if you are participating in our community at bit.ly slash the full-time family and we see what you're about, guess what? We talk about you. That is one way of having your dream go global. Just saying. And bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show because Sarah just used the Oh my gosh. The full-time family. That's one of the things we do. That was our dream. (sighs) We moved to Switzerland to do an adventure with our family. So that was a full-time family. See, you can even give the wrong link and feel really great about it. It might send you to the same place, but who knows? <laughs> That's all that behind-the-scenes stuff. 
over and out from the Nat and Social. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to... Put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.